The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's for on a bench on coast to coast in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. Bad seed, broken data, bad apple with a bad. We are chilling the most in the Corolla Palatial, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny likes to drink martinis in New York City. The Big Apple. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion shake it up. I'm a fan that come around, fight the fight the party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess is Tom Tatter. My brain just splattered all over Manhattan. Should we shake out? So uh, KW is with us, uh, Kevin Walsh, my boy, on C to C today. So I was at the um, I was at the pizza parlor. I go to uh, pick up pizza at mm-hmm. my uh, buddy's uh, pizza joint, and it's a popular spot. People love it, and um, names withstanding. Uh, because I got enough people that want to kill me, so I won't tell you exactly where I go to get my pizza. But I go in there, uh, and like literally, so most people, uh, you know, they got the whole six to eight foot thing going, and mm-hmm. they, they got like tape set up where people can stand, and then they like throw their credit card on the counter, and they, and then the guy like has a pen with the. Uh, with the bill and he throws it with the pen and the pen carries the paper across the threshold and then you sign it and throw it back to him. Meanwhile, I walk in and they love, I'm not even joking, they love the show, right? So they've been fans of my show for like 20 some years. And when I walk in, they're all yelling, shake head, ooh, shake head, ooh. And then they don't even care if I have the haunta. They're like, you don't have to stand behind the line for all. Walk right up to that counter and breathe on us. You know you got Cloud KW when they don't think you got them. <laughs> well, if they don't care, that's when you really got Cloud, I guess. But then again, I mean, Tom Hanks got the thing. I don't know if anybody's immune, but you got to respect the love from the local pizza parlor. I mean, I don't think it's to that level, but my dad, like the whole family, have been going to the same spot for a very, very long time. A lot of time, you know, you get a good enough order, they throw a free soda on top, a, a free order of garlic knots, and it's always much appreciated. You, um, like, I have gone back to the well like four times to this guy since this whole thing started. Like, I'm, I went to this one, um, 
I told the story. This was pretty funny. I went to this one place, this famous place, and there's a guy in there that knows, you know, what I do and who I am and whatever. I don't matter at all, KW. You know I'm a normal dude. But the <laughs> guy, wherever I go, people, they they figure out that, that it's Pharrell and they get all complicated. You know, they start, wow. like, asking questions and stuff. Like, I'm just a freak. Like, I'm normal. I'm just like you. I go in, I have dinner, I leave. But I go to this place one day and... um. And I told this story on Coast to Coast. It's so funny. I have to tell it again. So I go in and they are they have a pickup service only, right? So they have mm-hmm. uh, people pulling up in their cars, right? And they and then the guy, they got this kid who's making all kinds of cheddar because they're tipping him. Everyone's tipping him. They're like, he's brave, he's brave, right? He takes the people's food out to the car and he gives it to them. And then they're like giving him a 10 spot for just making the run, right? Mm-hmm. So I get there and I got my daughter in the car. And I, uh, there's this long line, people are honking, people are getting angry and people are frustrated and the stress is just at a, a, you know, a high anxiety level. And I see these people walking in to the restaurant and I'm like, what the Pharrell is going on here? I go, there's people actually going in there and they're, and I said to my daughter, Chop, I go, they're coming out with food. There's yeah. like something going on in there where you can, I think, walk in and get your food. So she's like, go get the food. And I'm like, all right. So I leave her in the car. She's 12. I leave the car running. I leave my car door open. <laughs> see, playing like video games. And there's like people honking behind her, like, what's going on? Move your car. I'm in the restaurant. I go in a restaurant and the, uh, there's ladies in there complaining. She's like, I'm not paying $10 to stand here all day and wait for my phone, blah, 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 blah. And the guy that owned the place turned around, and I know him, and he goes, right to her face, he goes, shut up. <laughs> and then I went, yeah, oh, leg. yeah, sweep the leg, put him in a body bag, you finish him, Johnny. And she looked at me like, she just left. That was it. I don't uh, know how people are still acting like that during like times like these, man. Like, oh, I can't possibly go home. Like, uh, look, like, look at the world. Stop. What are you doing? Even go out to get the food, you bag. You know. Yeah, I mean? I hear- so I saw a guy last night on TV that um that he was like I don't know thirty uh, some years old and he only uh, dates. Uh, grandmas. So he like, he's only sleeping with, he said, between 60 and 80. That's what he's looking for. He's... <laughs> Look at KW's You got me lost. I don't... My boy is dating only 60 to 80 year olds. And his friends think he's an absolute freak. So yeah. they're, like, they're trying, why? Well, they're trying to set him up with young chicks and he goes out with him, and he's out with this hot young chick, this blonde, and she's like, so what do you like to do? And he goes right to her. And the kid was from Pittsburgh, no less, which made me just, it was like getting a kick <laughs> in my mouth, like a giant, like a Doc Martin boot right through my teeth. And the kid goes, he says right to the chick, he says, well, I'm into, um, you know, sleeping with your mother. Oh, and my gosh. The girl's like, what'd you say to me? And he's like, yeah. I uh, I only date, you know, my preferred dating range is 60 to 80. And the chick's like, what's wrong with you, bro? I mean, she's like, I'm a young, vibrant woman, and you want to sleep with my grandma? 
And he's like, yes, that's what I'm into. What do you think of uh, 30-year-olds that want to tap 80-year-olds? Is that a problem? Okay, no. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, look, I, I guess more power to the guy, but I don't understand the vision. I might have to, like, do some research and figure out the why. I don't, I'm not, it's not computing uh, upstairs for me. The guy, he, so he, they showed him going on dates with these chicks, and this one chick, um, she was literally, I mean to tell you, and, and like Carver High right now is in his bathroom hurling in the toilet right now as I'm telling the story. But this chick, so she rolls into the date. He meets her at a restaurant and she rolls in and she's rocking a dress. She's got the beads on her neck, the whole deal. Her hair's going every which way. Meanwhile, she was like, he called her the silver fox. And she had like, her hair was super gray and like, I mean, white. And it was like falling out. She had thinning hair and she was like, 78 years old and her teeth <laughs> oh my goodness her teeth were so mangled they were falling out and they were is that like... a plus is that a plus <laughs> <laughs> and they were like yellow. Oh, man. <laughs> they looked like they looked like Ed the horse. <laughs> he made so they they started dating, and she had like Ed the horse teeth, <laughs> and they were dating, and they were at a restaurant to ate, and then they were drinking. And wine, big glasses of wine. Then they got their buzz on, and then like they showed him an hour later, and they were dancing in the in the bar. And then uh, he started making. Oh my god! <laughs> and he was just all in. I don't. There's got to be something there. Like there's. <laughs> what is it? Uh... <laughs> it's like a step below a necrophiliac. I I don't like. I don't know if he's chasing something like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if like, hey, just, that's the best. Like, hey, you know what? This is, that was the best. Honestly, I think that was the best like four minute window of this show ever. <laughs> it's going to go down in history. Cause I am losing it right now. Like I'm, I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying. I'm actually I mean, the mangled teeth is a great way to describe it. He was making out with her when he put his tongue in her mouth. I almost fell. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then she said she was really into him and she couldn't wait to see where the evening went. And then he took her back and, and they uh, had a session. I'm certain of it. He took her home. She went home with him first date, and she just was like, I mean, she was 80. What she going to do? like, this is my one chance. I'm going to get it all or never. 100%. I don't see. Maybe that's it, right? There's no, like, oh, wait and see approach here. There's nothing to, there's no time for that. Like, it's, it's a first date put out situation. That's got to be a 95% hit rate. So what do you call it? You call it, what, what do you call the TV, uh, the lowest common denominator? What do you call it? Trash TV, it's tremendous. It's it's the best. If you treat them serious, you're like, oh, these people are worse. If you treat it like a comedy, as right. you clearly do, because you get it, 
it's <laughs> the best content available. Watching right. people get into these stupid fights, it's just, it's all perfect. Now, this is another level that I certainly need to, to seek out, because it sounds <laughs> tremendous. It really is. So there was a, there was a uh, they rated it, uh, like, top ten of all time in terms of whack jobs. So one of the other ones was this chick. She was, um, like, 600 pounds. And I mean to tell you, this chick, like, I remember, so Howard Stern, when I worked for him, he loved, he loved those, uh, you know, uh, it, there were a couple things he loved. The Iron Sheik, the wrestler, he loved him. Yeah. He He's loved, right. he loved the shows with the, like, 600-pound fat chicks and dudes. The ones that, like, you know, can't get out of the bed and they got to bring a crane in to move them out, you know. Yeah. And uh, so this chick... She's she was 600 pounds and she uh, she ate beds. So she ate the mattress. So she like, <laughs> yeah, you're throwing me like left and rights that I'm not ready for. So like she, you, you're, I got to give credit. You're breezing through these like these are normal things that you're saying right now. She she eats uh, beds and she's uh, top 10 wacko all time. And they showed her eating uh, literally, she goes into the mattress and pulls out, like, you know, the yellow foam, and she eats it, and they, they showed her in in her span of terror of how long she'd been uh, doing it, that she, and another word for it is addiction, she uh, had eaten, um, she had eaten over 10 California kings, 10 entire beds she ate, and then they said she started it. By uh, she was in the back seat of her uh, car as a child, you know, when mommy and daddy were driving her around, she was a little uh, like she was, yeah. she literally they said ate the entire back seat of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and she was, and she was massive, you're saying? Like oh, 600 six, she was six, easy. Like, I mean, this chick was right out of like Howard's book of just infamy, it was awesome. She was like, and she thought. I mean, obviously, she was completely whacked and demented. And I'm mean, right? So I love making fun of this stuff. And I just want to be clear. And I'm watching it, and I'm just sitting there going, and she's saying, there's absolutely nothing wrong with what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you at all, you Pharrellian whack job, 650 tilting the scales. And what do you do all day? You don't lay around eating food. You lay around eating beds. This like, is, but this is where I'm trying to figure it out, right? Because she's got to be full. There's no way that stuff is going down smooth. So you're telling me she's eating a mattress worth, and she's getting like the KFC bucket on top of it? Yeah, listen, it gets even better. So when she eats it, uh, and I and I mean to tell you the amount of laughter that my uh, wife and daughter and I had, like, I mean, crying, rolling on the ground laughter. And I, this is very uh, sad and, and demented and mean, but I'm, I'm very mean. So <laughs> I actually, I was enjoying it. And so what was great about it was, so when she ate it, she... Uh, she got really bad, uh, like gas and burping. So like she would like, I mean, she would. She was doing the interview about her about her illness, and she, the whole time she was doing. <laughs> just, she just was raking, just raking gigantic man-sized burps. I mean, this belching like like a like an at like a hippo. She was belching like a hippo. 
It was awesome. And then she said that it came out in her, you know, daily yam. Yep, she would. Yep, it, yep, gotcha. They, but then they would show it, like going down the toilet. They wouldn't show it in there, like, you know, the full deal. They would yeah. show, like, just it, like the tail end of it going down. Uh, and there was nothing of any substance except bed foam. So there was no other, and nothing else was in her stomach. It was just. Yeah. It was beds coming out of her. There was no food. She never ate food. She just ate beds. So all day long, she ate beds. And uh, and then I just thought I, it couldn't be topped, but it was topped by another chick that ate tires. So this chick. Hey, literally... what the hell? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like. This is weird, because now I'm going to say that I understand the mattress thing. Because, like, you're sitting in bed, you're hungry. She's not getting up. She's eating the mattress. Wild scene. I can't relate, but okay. You got to get up, get moving, get mobile, and get yourself that tire to make that happen. So this chick, her, her, her boyfriend, her fiance, and I call it not for long, NFL style. She's, this guy's going to run. He's going to run down the street. He's going to run. So anyway, you can't make this up. The guy works at a tire factory. <laughs> she found the one. She found the one. Rolls her home a tire every night, and she eats it. She ate the tires, and she'd eaten. Uh, what was it? She averaged. I think she had eaten um, something along the lines of eight hundred tires. So she eats. She, you know, the little. You know, so you know the. You know the little. The little. <laughs> do you know the little things like the little pricks that come off the tire? Those little. Yeah. They're like little strings, but they're yeah, rubber. Yeah. And she she cuts those off the tire, thousands of them, puts she's them in a prep. She's got to do meal prep. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! She's doing meal prep for tires. <laughs> So when we come back uh, coast to coast, we're gonna toss cards. <laughs> no, I'm crying. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. I think McDonald's I've had uh, issues with on the air. Oh, really? Yeah, like one night he came on my show. I could be wrong, but I think it was him. I'm pretty sure it was. So when you mentioned his name, uh, like a, a trigger went off. <laughs> so one night he came on my show and gave me some like hard-ass attitude. Like, yeah. uh, I, you know, don't you know who I am? Badass style. And I'm like, listen, bro, you know, I'm trying to, you know, interview the guy and promote really? And I'm trying to make him look good. And I'm trying to, uh, you know, sell the fights, uh, of which at the time I think he was, uh, he had gotten out of the UFC and into like Bellator or something like that, right? Isn't yeah, that about yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, listen, here's a news flash for you, bro. You don't matter at all. I am like, you remember when you didn't matter to begin with? Now you matter even less, and you <laughs> want to treat me like crap on, you know, and I'm on in, in 10 million homes. You, you think that's a smart idea? Watch this. Click. I hung up on him live. And then, like, wow. Um, we'd never, I think at that point, our relationship ended. Like, in terms of, like, uh, he doesn't like me. And you know what? The difference is, is that um, I, I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty good at not liking him better. I, I was like, yeah, better. I would, I, would, I would believe that. Like, what do I care about some fighter? I get along with everybody. And if you want to be a D to me when I'm promoting you, then it's not going to go well for you. I can promise you. Like, after 35 years of doing it, I have a few ways and tactics to get out of uncomfortable interviews. And I will say that uh, the interview that I always do with you is always a lot of fun because you got a great personality, a great sense of humor, and uh, you're always laughing. And I love that about you. You should always remember... Uh, to never lose that in your life because uh, there's too many people, I'll be honest with you, that think they're special on TV and radio, that think they're geniuses and think they're so important and think their <laughs> opinions are so valued by the world. And I've always felt like uh, the dumber, the better, uh, the more laughter, the better, the more entertaining, yeah. the better. And I think that uh, you have that gene, and I mean that. I appreciate that. Look, laughter is infectious. I guarantee, I guarantee you. Throw that first segment off for anybody, and they'll enjoy it. It's one of those things. Like, I just, you know, what we're doing, you, you like to have fun, especially during times like this. Like, why would you Why would you not? Like, just go out there and just have a good time. Did your, did your uh, KW family, uh, did you come from a family of, uh, you know, jokesters, pranksters, oh, yeah. and, la oh, yeah. and laughing? And abusers, like uh, like I used to, uh, you know, abuse my uh, family with, you know, my sense of humor. And I still do to this day. I think my wife, 34C, said to me one day, the reason why I've been with her so long and stayed with her and not really, knock on wood, had problems, you know, because most of my buddies, uh, I would say about 80% of them have had either like a divorce or a um, you know, problems with their marriage. They don't get along or something like that. They argue all the time or they're pain in the ass with one another. And uh, 
I've been lucky. I don't really have that. And she says it's because of uh, the fact that I make them all laugh and that I have a sense of humor and that I'm always uh, making fun of stuff and making fun of people. Like I watch TV not to, uh, I watch TV for two reasons, to bet on sports and to make mm -hmm. people. Simple as that. There's yeah. no way to watch television. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad's one of the biggest jokesters I've, I've ever met. My mom's incredibly funny as well. But I've also got two brothers who were all re re uh, relatively close in age as well. I mean, so the whole thing's a comedy routine by the time you get to the dinner table. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those things. Like, I just, I like to have a good time. I like to joke around. And, yeah, part of it is, like, you can tell who's been brought up in that environment and, and who hasn't. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something that'll, it's just, it's my personality. It's how it is. So what did you think when you finally got the news that um, Rick Pitino was going to be the coach of the Gales? I, I, man, I loved it. It's, it's so crazy. I found it almost hilarious because like at that time, um, like the world was shutting down and Iona's going out there and making big marquee moves, but I'm excited what it could mean for the program. I, I mean, I want to give Tim Kloos his credit. He was I think the best coach in the history of the conference with his run at Iona, he was absolutely magnificent, but people still don't pay enough attention to the Mac where you can only raise the level to a degree, right? He went to the tournament plenty of times, but he never won a game actually in the tournament. And that's where you look to change the tide with Patino. You hope that he can bring in the caliber of the players because as of course, coaching matters, right? And whether, you know, Patino at this age is a better coach than Clues, we'll, we'll wait and see. But the best thing is to have talent. Like, there is a reason why a 16's only ever beaten a 1 once. Like, talent can carry you to a certain point. And we've already seen, uh, you know, I saw one thing. It blew my mind. Like, we got a kid to commit that's, that's I think, 7-1. In, in my time following Iona College now, it's about seven years, or give or take seven, eight years. Right. I think there's been one kid who was seven feet tall. He'll probably never see this, so I can say he was so bad, he was so <laughs> awful that they had intramurals for like your normal students, athletes, like the basketball kids couldn't play. Right. And he played, and they didn't kick him off the court. Seven footer playing with regular kids from science class, and they were like, "Yeah, it's whatever. It's not that big of a handicap." He was terrible. So, like, the fact that Patino's already bringing in guys that are, like, legit and can hopefully make a difference in the conference, I'm excited about the whole thing. Right, so, uh, let's say, uh, you know, he's already said that he's going to stay there. Uh, it'll be the last job he has. He's, he's yeah. emphatically said at his age that he's this is it. He's going to do the Iona thing the rest of the way, no outs. Like, if that's... Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? You, do you think it's true that he's going to stay there and build them into a winner? And let me ask you this question. How do they get uh, – they've always had a good program. And I, I was always friends with Clues. He came on my show a lot because I, I knew he could coach. But now they got this guy who can really coach. He's a better coach than Clues, and you know it. And so is, is just his name alone going to lure kids to go play ball at Iona? Yeah, I think I think they uh, they recently had a, a kid who actually recruited from Christ the King, which is not all too far from where I am in Queens. And he's like, yeah, I wasn't looking at it. I wanted, but then Rick Pitino's there, and why wouldn't you? So you can already see now. I think this year he'll get a couple of people off name value, but it's it depends on the results that he can bring this year, and that then can hopefully change things up 
in recruiting. I know he wants to play Kentucky. I think there was a report uh, he wanted to play Oklahoma or Oklahoma State the other day um, that was kind of going around on Twitter. He wants to play these big names, and he just has to get a couple of them get into the tournament, and, and that can really change everything. You know, I, I'm curious what you think, Scott, because, I mean, you, you've, you know, probably seen Patino's whole career. Um, Dickie V, like, you know, the Jay Billises of the world, there's people who think he has the chance to build a Gonzaga type of program. Now, that's hard for me to envision as somebody who went to Iona because, I mean, Gonzaga is sitting at number one in the polls, like a number one overall seed right. year in, year out. Maybe they don't win the thing, but they're one of the – 10 most respected programs in college hoops today, if not higher. Like the idea that Iona could be that high, it, it would be off the back of Patino. Maybe it'd be incredible and I'm excited to see it, but I don't know if that's realistic. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't think that they will be uh, Gonzaga, but I think they will uh, mean business. And I think that they could become a, you know, legitimate, you know, annual threat uh, to mm -hmm. go to the tournament and just be like one of those teams that you can count on uh, winning that conference and getting into the NCAAs a lot. I think that, you know, it might take it because they are already, you know, tough, but I don't think they would have won it this year. I could be wrong. They were playing pretty good ball, but I don't they think they actually got eliminated on the right. last day of, of like sports play. So, so they definitely wouldn't have won it. Okay. This so, so this year they didn't get in. And I don't know, but I think, you know, next year maybe close call, but I bet the year after that, let's say his second year in there, I think they'll start uh, winning it, and I think they'll start going. And I think that, you know, he's going to make them uh, an impact team uh, here in in the East and, and a factor as a small school. Like, you know how there's a lot of schools like that, like VCU and, and sure. you know, Wichita State. You know, Wichita State's bigger, but – I, I still think that program has, you know, Marshall put him on the map. And I think that that's what Patino's going to do. He's going to put him on the map at like legitimate, always, you know, in the conversation type of team. So, you know, the, the Hall of Fame is doing their inductions. Uh, they're going to name the class, I think, on Saturday for uh, the, you know, Basketball Hall of Fame. And uh, have you ever been there to Springfield? Yes. Yeah, I have. I I absolutely loved it. I, I thought it was one of the coolest places in the world. Um, like, I love that you could shoot on, they had every uh, iteration of the rim that there's ever been, like you're shooting on the peach basket. Um, and then one of those, like, cheesy things that, like, if I ever write a book, which I never will, um, I'll talk about, because they had this, like, little studio set up, and you can basically do a fake broadcast. Right. And as much as I love playing basketball, I found myself in there a ton. I mean, you can really spend, like, if you love basketball enough, you could spend, like, a f and I, when I say a full day, I don't mean, like, a couple hours. I mean, like, 12 hours in that place. I did. And, yeah, and, I mean, I was in that broadcast booth. I was completely drawn to it. At the time, I don't think I realized what that meant, but I look back on it now, and it's like, oh, of course I was drawn to, like, the basketball broadcast booth and right. the Hall of Fame. So they, uh, you know, they got the the nine foot rim, the eight foot rim, yes. seven foot rim, and you can uh, play basketball there for hours on the court. There's there's thousands of people playing basketball, and I was just because when I was uh, younger and I played in high school and in college, I was, uh, you know, six three. I was probably a buck seventy soaking wet, and I could dunk, and I could, you know, I was quick and fast, and I could dunk. And so when I got old and fat. 
uh, I can still play the game really well, but I can't uh, dunk anymore because you lose your legs, you lose your hops, and you lose your lateral. And then uh, any kind of vertical, forget it. But um, so when I went there, I remember uh, I went around the thing like three times, right? The, the, you know, at first I was like, how long is this going to take? I'm going to be here. Uh, we'll be out of here. I took my uh, son and his friends on uh, as a birthday present. I'm like, oh, let's okay. all jump in the car today on your birthday. Pick six of your friends, and we're going to tell their parents that I'm kidnapping them. And I took them to, up to the whole <laughs> thing, and I got, like a, uh, I got like a hotel suite, two of them in like a extended stay suites and we put two rooms together. I had like, you know, there was like 10 of us and we just went to like a five guys to dinner and I bought all these kids burgers and then we spent an entire day in the hall of fame. And then I was like, uh, I loved it. I went through it like three times. I read everything in there three times. I spent like four hours in the Larry bird wing. And I also mm -hmm. dunked so many times on those rims that I literally drove home from there back to New York with swollen hands. I had literally, I had hammered the rim so many times and racked the rim. I hadn't done it since I was a kid dunking. Right. So here I am on some nine foot rim just doing Jordan reversals and I was slamming my hands on the hard rim. And if you don't do it all the time, you don't have that callus, you don't have that right. hand. Really left the Hall of Fame injured. So when you, when you go <laughs> look at this group of people that are, I, I'm guessing, are potentially going in, do you let Eddie uh, Sutton in? Are all these guys in the running? Huggins, Sutton, uh, Raleigh, am I missing something here? Jay Wright, are they all Tubby on the list? Danny Manning, are they all uh, potentially you know, going in? You know, I'll tell you this about the Hall of Fame. I think I, I – maybe it's because I'm younger. I'm not sure. But, like, I – there's a lot of people who get really, really mad about guys that get in. Like they're like, oh, they're not a Hall of Famer. They're not. I remember like earlier during the NBA season, I had a debate. I think it was uh, Jared and Wetzel about uh, whether Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer. And I was like, guys, you can waste your breath if you want. The guy's gonna get in. Like it's it's what it's gonna be. He's part of one of the like the all-time teams. He's a multiple-time All-Star Defensive Player of the Year. This, that, and the third. Um, so I actually am more upset just when guys don't get in that I belong, like, and to me, and part of it is being that, you know, a heat guy, I love the big three in Miami. I was upset to see Chris Bosh not get in there first try first ballot. I, I feel like Chris Bosh and, and I don't know where you land on him, Scotty, but I think that he's someone that was a smidge before his time, just a smidge because he, he was a big man with the outside game. And if you remember when he was in Miami, I, I mean, everybody said it. I'm sure you sure. did. I did. They're like, he's so soft, man. He never gets inside. And like, but think about it now, like, you know what? I, and he could, he could actually play some defense. Like, and he's a part of, again, to me, what is one of the more important teams, multiple-time All-Star. He was incredible with Toronto. He went to the like rack. He went to the rack way more than, like, uh, a lot of guys. And, like, Porzingis, like, is a, he's a candy ass compared to uh, Chris Bosh. Give me a break. Like, so I lived there, right? I lived in Miami, and I used to go watch him play all the time. And you and I have had these conversations about how much you love LeBron. But Chris Bosh... Uh, was a badass, and he got just yeah. absolutely robbed by, I don't know, God or something, like, robbed him of his career. Like, I mean, at some point, who do you blame for his career ending with these blood clots? It's a shame. It's a travesty. It's it's such a shame, and I, mean, I remember when Miami made the decision to make sure that they paid him kind of before Dwayne Wade, and as much as, like, that's Dwayne Wade's home, 
Um, I mean, they call it Wade County for for Christ's sake. But it Chris Bosh at the time was the better player, and who knows what Miami would have looked like post LeBron had Bosh been able to. Stay healthy. It sounds like wrong because you think about guys like with ankle and like if Chris Bosh just would have been able to be there for the whole run, he he was great. They don't win those championships without him. And uh, I just I want to make sure that people understand that man, Chris Bosh is an absolute Hall of Famer. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, no doubt. I got uh, respectfully ninety seconds. Uh, did you think that it was unbelievable? what Wade did for that franchise and then what Riley did to him to make him go to Chicago, then realized his errors and then brought him back. Ultimately, I think both sides maybe needed that quick little break to understand one another's worth. Wade wanted that feeling of being the highest paid guy. And you know what? He also got a chance to play for his hometown team in Chicago. Does he have regrets over it? Maybe, but you know what? It's what it is. I think as long as he finished his career in Miami, I think that was the the ceremony that was there. I was at his last ever game at the Barclays Center. It was absolutely special. And uh, again, you talk about one of the all-time greats, Dwayne Wade. 20 seconds. Did you like his uh, final hurrah in Miami? I loved it. I loved it. He's he. It was perfect. He had big moments, but he didn't hog the spotlight. And it was perfectly defining Dwayne Wade's career. I want to get into more of a conversation with KW on Coast to Coast uh, about LeBron and what he's doing. I know we've had these conversations before in Studio 34, but uh, I love his game as much as you do, and I just think what he's done is remarkable, and I can't wait to see what you think of what he's going to do if they pick it up and play a playoff and how he'll do, bottom line, against uh, the Clippers. We're talking to Kevin Walsh on Coast to Coast. Everybody's doing it. They just won't admit it. Check out SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coast to coast, KW is styling with Ralph. So, um, Wade's career, I mean, I saw the, you know, whatever it was, 30 for 30 on Wade or whatever it was, his last hurrah, I can't remember mm-hmm. what they called it, but I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, I don't get into the whole uh, endorsement thing and his whole, you know, uh, wife and him doing all the commercials and all that stuff. That's not my end of it. Like, uh, I 
Um, I've ordered his shoes. I love his shoe company. They're really cool. You get them overseas, I think in Australia, wherever it is, uh, Sunshine Station. They send them to you. He gives you these kick-ass socks with every pair. They come in this really cool oh, bag wow. and box. His shoes are badass. I love them. And his career going back uh, to his childhood days, his high school days, his uh, college days at Marquette were absolutely uh, stunning footage. It, it was great stuff mm -hmm. seeing how he, uh, you know, as a high school player, carried his team, uh, yeah. dominated in Chicago, and then and decided to go to Marquette. It was a great story. But LeBron, you know, when they played together, it really was incredible. And then Allen did a mix. They were, that was a, a real, uh, you know, super team, whatever you want to call them, stacked. I don't care what you call them. They were uh, fun to watch. And then... Mm -hmm. LeBron goes back to Cleveland. Uh, LeBron uh, beats the Warriors somehow uh, and, and wins a, a, another <laughs> ring. And then he goes to Lipstick City with the Lakers. And you and I have talked about him before. I think he is, without a doubt, unequivocally, my MVP. I mean, I, I will argue this until the cows come home. I agree with Harden when he says that Giannis, it must be nice being seven foot and getting to touch the ball every single trip down. Every trip down, they give him the pill. And then uh, LeBron, what he does with what is around him, which I think, you know, my opinion of it's probably different than yours. I think the rest of that team's kind of landfill. Uh, I think that Davis is incredible. I'll give you McGee and Howard with length. What they've done on the boards and blocking shots and rebounding in transition, I like what they bring. But the rest of them, Rondo, Bradley, Bradley okay defensively. If he shoots right. once in game five, six, or seven, I'll have him uh, put in a guillotine. But I'm telling you that what LeBron has done for that team with players that I think are, you know, decent at best and made them all elevate their games and make yeah. them all better and make them all accountable and make them all uh, listenable, coachable. They all follow his lead as a leader, as a player, as a guy with the pill in his hand who gets the ball to the right guy to finish a play and to make buckets happen and defensively what he's done and minutes-wise yeah. and game-wise and none of this load management. For his age, what he's done with that team, now grant you, Anthony Davis is a monster, but he has manipulated that situation too, to me, to the fullest extent of the law in a positive way. He's made that guy better than he ever was in New Orleans and more of a factor. They are unstoppable, the two of them together, but he's my MVP hands down. Look, I, th I think it really comes down to one of the main issues that has to that comes with the NBA MVP award is that nobody can actually agree on what the damn thing is supposed to uh, be awarding people on because, as per usual, LeBron is the most valuable player in the league, which has been true for over a decade. And I, I think that Gian to say Giannis is having a better season through numbers, I, I don't know. I think that's really hard to disagree with. He's having a historic season, an all-time great season. But and I know like this is like a little unfair, like you're taking it away from ha him having a better team. It's what it is. But like, look at the on-off numbers for like Anthony Davis on the court without LeBron on the season, who we all know is better than Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. It, it's a they have a negative rating. That's how important LeBron has been. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Bucks without Giannis are they as good? No. Are they still like a plus 10 better than everybody in the league? They are because 
I mean, and that's part of the reason, like, Mike Budenholzer is coming off a Coach of the Year award. We need to acknowledge that. Like, Chris Middleton, for all of the issues that might come in the playoffs, right, because that's one of the things, like, when it comes to the playoffs, would I rather have Anthony Davis or Chris Middleton? Everybody takes Anthony Davis. But Chris Middleton's been an all-NBA kind of guy this year. That's it's It's what it is. The value of LeBron simply can't be overstated. And I might be a little bit higher on the roster than you, but here's where you'll get absolutely zero pushback. They do not have another primary ball handler that you can trust. I love Caruso, but it's more, uh, to me, what he does on the defensive end and high IQ plays than initiating offense. Rondo, listen, man, that's another guy. He's he's a Hall of Famer, but what a disaster. What a disaster nine times out of ten that he makes a decision. Now, he has his moments, but... Like, you can see occasionally he'll turn the clock back, but he is making mistake after mistake. I mean, and this is the thing, like, we are just we just got to be honest with it, Scott. Like, a lot of times throughout LeBron's career, we've watched the narrative shift, man. Like, load management is a thing that had existed for a long time. But then LeBron did it, and it was the, big, it was the biggest issue facing the NBA. Adam Silver's going to go out. He's going to start fining people. They're going to change everything. And LeBron can't be, uh, you know, up for any awards because he load managed. Okay, so what does he do? That year where Kyrie was gone and Kevin Love, as good as Kevin Love's been, was pretty much a bum. And Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith, like LeBron plays all 82. No consideration. No consideration. It, they've switched it so many times. Like, so, I mean, that's the thing. Like, ultimately, if we don't play any more regular season, I mean, we don't know if we're going to play playoff games. If we don't play any more regular season games, I think they're going to end up giving it to Giannis. I'm not going to be pissed about it because Giannis has been wonderful this year. But, yeah, it's the same thing that's been true for a decade. LeBron's the most valuable player in the league. So um, do you think, like, just dropping a hat that they're going to play ball again? I, I do. I do. Because the one thing that the NBA really has going for them is I believe, and it's come to the surface a bit more, that I think they are interested in switching when their season starts and the Christmas Day, you know, five-pack slate, they might want to make their opening day. Uh, I believe it was the Atlanta Hawks owner who had said, like, man, like there was a report that he was right. really interested in that idea. Right. And I totally understand it. Now, I think that that means there's a little bit of meat on the bone in that gap because, you know, the NFL's on Monday, Thursday, Sunday. You got college on Saturday. But there's still, you know, some time, some space there where people will have to fill in the void um, for basketball. Maybe it'd be a blessing for the NHL. Maybe. Um but I, that's the thing about the NBA. I think that they need to be sitting down and continually having these conversations. But that's why I think they'll be okay with a postseason that, you know, let's find if it starts in July, a little bit shortened. It finishes up ideally by mid-August, and then right. they, you know, they get things going, um, I think, on Christmas. And, and that might be the new norm for the league. So what did you think when you, uh, KW, saw that the um, Cowboys signed Alden Smith? Like, I had like completely had him drop off my radar, but they gave him a one-year deal, I think, for $4 bucks, and, you know, they showed him signing the deal and everything else. This guy has not played in a game since he was suspended in 2015 because of, uh, you name it, legal and substance abuse issues. 
and he's trying to get reinstated by the NFL. He was the seventh overall pick in the 2011 draft, and he had 47 and a half sacks in 59 games. There's no denying that the guy uh, used to be able to play football. He has no. not played football in five years. Uh, when you saw that signing, what was your reaction? I, I mean, to me, I think it, it. hopefully people are starting to come to terms with the reality that it is this Cowboys roster. It's not the stacked roster it once was that Dak walked into as a rookie. Is Aldon Smith going to come in and change the game for them? No. But there's no depth for that team in the pass rush area past Demarcus Lawrence. And let me just say this about the Dallas Cowboys, because I had a debate, man, like, I don't know if you have brothers, Scott, but, I, I, you know, like I mentioned before, I got two brothers. And one of the long debates that uh, my brother Connor and I had got in was the Dallas Cowboys when they made the trade for Amari Cooper. And the one thing I said, I said, they're going to lock themselves into a core that doesn't have a high enough ceiling. And they are now pretty much locked in. They lose their top corner in Byron Jones. Amari Cooper's making big money. Zeke's making big money. And Dak's going to bleed them for every dollar. He'll do exactly what Cousins did and play on the tag. And they're right. now locked into a core. And people will say, oh, they were 9-7. and seven. Uh, You know, they were right there away from the playoffs last year. That team couldn't beat one good team last year. One, the only team I think with a winning record that they beat was the Philadelphia Eagles. In Dallas, the Eagles fumbled on their first two possessions. The game was over before it started. And then they lost to them in Philly in the game that actually mattered for the division. And that's the core that they're locked into. I've seen people, because I mean the thing, right, Scott, like, there's not a lot going on. So people are starting to place futures down on football in April more than they usually would. And that's fine. I get it. But I, people are... are you know, pumping up this Cowboys team, and I don't see why. Nine and seven couldn't beat one good football team last year, and they didn't get better. And I don't, and I don't know how anybody thinks they did. Yeah, I, they were not a good football team. They were decent at best. Smith uh, had all kinds of problems. Arrested on a DUI, crashed his truck into a tree in a neighborhood in San Jose in 2014. Nine games for personal conduct and substance abuse. Uh, August of 2015, released by the Niners after arrested on a hit-and-run DUI vandalism uh, charges, signed with the Raiders, uh, suspended for a year for violating the uh, uh, abuse policy with substances, uh, signed a two-year deal in 2016, released after he was arrested on a number of charges, including domestic violence, assault, and false imprisonment. He was, like, holding hostages. I mean, what in your right mind possesses you to think, what did he find, God or something? Yeah. This guy is an absolute menace to society. You know who he reminds me of is John Jones. Wow, what a situation that is. I mean, I don't, I'm sure you, you know, I don't know if you already gotten into it, you know, on yeah. previous shows, but like, I, I mean, my goodness, like, and the, one of the crazier things when that all happened was them playing the clip of Daniel Cormier from one of their old sit-downs saying, I will tell you right now, this will happen again. And it wasn't one of those, like, it wasn't a trash talk thing, right? Because Cormier, like, as much as he trashes, talk, like, he, you know, he talks his trash, it was just like, this is, it's, it's who he is. And, like, I mean, man, John Jones, all the talent in the world. And it's going to be one of those, like, it's, it's not going to be as straightforward of a story to tell when it comes to the career of John Jones. I mean, that guy, I can't even believe the audacity and the uh, just the gall of the judge. I don't know who he is uh, from Adam. Fair enough. I'm not going to sit here and uh, 
you know, act like I know who this you know, this judge is or anything like that, or how much power he wields in Albuquerque. He must have all kinds of influence because who in their right mind, in, in any kind of capacity, would let this guy, a repeat offender, a multiple DUI offender, the guy has hit and run a pregnant woman. The guy has, what hasn't he done? He has, he has literally... He has done everything, and he's had uh, this time. He gets he's had multiple DUIs. He has uh, repeatedly broken the law. This time they catch him shooting guns, and they find the gun and a bottle of booze, and uh, and they let him off. They absolutely let him off. He'll get no jail time. He got some kind of bogus like, you know, house probation. I mean, it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, how in God's name, if you have three, four, five DUIs and they catch you with a gun, in what world do we live in that a judge lets that guy do whatever he wants, but everybody else goes to jail for a bag of weed or for a, a DUI? Or can you imagine if some, if you or I hit and run some lady, you're going to jail, bro. And if John Jones, I mean, it's like, what's next? He's going to murder someone and not do jail time? What does this guy have to do to ever get jail time is what I want to know. No, and I don't understand. I mean, the thing is, like, this is on repeat. Oh, he shouldn't have a license. Said that before. The, the, this is where it's almost in bed. We're all on house arrest. And like now, But he has to actually be put on house arrest. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Like, you've been through this so many times. And, like, I, I can't put the blame on the people around. I don't know who he's with. I, I, like, you know what? Like, we're doing a quarantine. He might have been by himself. Like, you're you're around like it's a movie, toting guns, drinking booze. Dr what is this? Like, yeah. I don't understand. I don't, I don't under either. I don't understand. All right. So, uh, let me uh, hear, uh, ask you what you think. Because I'm running out of time. I got... Uh, just about two and a half respectively left. Gotcha. What do you think of no Wimbledon now and no, it looks like no open championship. Now the RNA is arguing that fact that the reports are not accurate, that they have canceled the open championship. But I think that what that means in Portuguese is, is that they haven't officially canceled it, but that the story is, is that they're going to. Mm -hmm. It's one of those deals like, we're not admitting anything until we admit it. So I think yeah. they're going to end up canceling that too. Can you imagine no Wimbledon and no open championship? I got to tell you, the open championship is my favorite major. Everyone says the Masters. I like the open. I like Lynx golf. Yeah, I'm I'm really it's it's a little unsettling because these are things that are a little bit further out um and and you want to like you want to try and hold out hope a little bit longer, right? I, I mean, I think one of the the things that I saw uh, a couple days ago was that uh Toronto had announced that they were canceling all public events up until June 30th and it was one of those things where you're like is that necessary? Can we potentially hold off on that announcement because that's pretty meek like and I guess maybe the other, you know, you can just say like, well, we, we rescind it. Like, and like, everyone will be happy. No problem. Let's set the expectations low. But it's one of those things like, I, you know, people got to get their affairs in order. Right. And you got to just start making these decisions now as, as it comes. I, I mean, the, you know, that kind of point that I, I mean, I know personally where, I mean, I'm hoping we're hitting May, mid-May running. Um, but it's also, you know, 
We just started April. We so I guess we were you know we're further away maybe than we like to admit. And um, the one silver lining that I've tried to keep in all of this, Scott, is the idea that like October could be like the craziest sports time ever. Like we could be playing right. high stakes baseball, basketball, hockey, football, college, and pro. Like and you know you throw in your golf and, and your tennis and like it could be incredible. All I know is they're not having the Masters and I don't think they'll have the Open Championship. No Masters that'd be going on right now and I just think the whole thing sucks. I hate it. Uh, KW, great stuff today on Coast to Coast. It's a blast having you on the show, brother. Stay healthy. Yeah, you too. Appreciate it. A lot of fun. We'll do it again. Uh, Kevin Walsh with me on Coast to Coast. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Shake SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.